welcome to the We're All Fucked podcast hosted by me, Derry Owen. And me, Dan's Grace. This is a podcast designed to try and take a light-hearted take on the ridiculousness of society as we know it and wonder how we all find a way to carry on, even though we know deep down we're all fucked. Each episode, we'll be looking at a particular topic, having a laugh and a cry along the way, dragging along a few guests with us for the ride. Remember to rate us and subscribe so you never miss our rounds. Well, hello, Dewey. How are we keeping? Um... Oh, God. <laughs> and at that moment, we all heard a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... One of those weeks where I've just been kind of, I'm better than I was the last pod. <laughs> Good. Just Good. if anybody was concerned yeah. about me. I mean, um, still, still, still here is a is a positive sign. <laughs> still here, and um, but I've just been, I just, I can't escape the pointlessness of it all, and knowing that it's all for naught. But, but I, I think that is, that is actually me on a journey of improvement from like. <laughs> <laughs> if that's even possible I, I think it's a step in the right direction uh, but I just can't escape the pointlessness of it all um, I, think, I, think, I think probably what it's a sign of is how screwed the NHS is because with thoughts like that you probably should be sectioned but you're not because not, that's, I mean, how, yeah. that's how you know stretched they are at the moment well, I've gone from like there is nothing there's no point in anything hmm let's stay in bed to like, all right, I just might as well just like try and carry on, even, but it's still pointless. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah, no, we get you, we get you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's gone there really. But the, the danger of this stage is because everything is pointless. If anybody moans to me about anything like really <laughs> insignificant, I start becoming angry and stuff. Not, not obviously outside, but like only inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll go back, back to the, to the corner and whimper. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm on the journey of wellness. That's a really long answer to uh, how I are think, you. I think you having... always say every week, "Yeah, not bad, not bad, not bad." And I'm just there, like fucking monologue <laughs> time. How are you? Dan? I think I think um, you're. I'm far more anally retentive than you are, <laughs> and and therefore, like this sort of the stiff upper lip, you know, yep, everything's fine, is is kind of my default response almost all the time it's very very rare that the first thing that i come out with will be genuinely how i feel um and that i think is has yeah i don't I answer everyone this been. way imagine that uh, <laughs> like the postman well uh... <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice i think sometimes to have those conversations you know we've we've got a couple of choose. regular postmen and i kind of think these seem like people I would like to know better, but they seem in a big hurry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're it's just uh, under pressure, aren't they? Well, we're going to talk about a bit pressure. about this in a bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, sneak peek. Um, I think I think generally, I'm on the up. Um, I had I had formative exams last week, and I'm not really 100% how they went, but they're done, which is the main thing. I didn't yeah. bottle it. I didn't sort of ignore them. I did the work. Um. And it put me back behind on my sort of normal schedule of work, but I caught up over the weekend and I'm pretty much up to date now. Um, Still got plenty on the plate, but, you know, sort of more on the ball than I was, say, you know, I think this time last week I was in a bit of panic mode. So it's quite nice to sort of, yeah, yeah, no matter how it went, at least it's done. 
exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it gives me a bit of a bit of a insight into what it's going to be like in about a month's time. We're going to start start the ball rolling for revision for the final exams. So yeah, getting there, getting there. Nice one, mate. Nice one. The wheel is turning. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, the wheel turns, and the cogs were. And what is our topic for this week? Work. Work. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ! I so thought like, I'd escape it, that. Just like employ or employment or employment or whatever or, or uh, fucking other synonyms. Pick, pick one. Pick one. Yeah, work. <laughs> Let's go with work. Right. Okay. Are um, we? Do we? Do we count what I do as work, or is this paid? Paid work? You sort of talking about? Here? Um. Oh, I mean, it could be relevant. Um. Yeah. I, it absolutely could be relevant. I. I, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. It could be. I mean, obviously, out of the gate, my plan was obviously generally talking more about kind of just like general the world you know, of work. The world of work. Well, let's yes. let's focus. Let's focus on that, and then if anything comes in from the world of voluntary stuff, etc., you know, yeah. we can bring it in as appropriate. But let's focus on the world of work as the people work, traditionally yeah. speak about it and think about it. So it's hard to know again as usual. Wait, I haven't planned this very well, but I've got a shitload of bullet points here that are not in any sort of order, uh, much <laughs> like my brain. Chaos. So I think I've got like some. I've got like I've got these two branches in my brain with work. Now then, I know that working or you know keeping busy uh, doing something that you you know ideally love, like manage, is healthy and important. You know, certainly with my brain, because if you too bored and stuff you just kind of go into a bloody black hole vortex of doom um however just like it really bothers me number well there's two main things that bother me number two the number one is kind of the length of work and i I mean just this fucking arbitrary 40 hours the arbitrary nine to five the 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 shitness of that and the just sheer acceptability of it and yeah. also the other thing with kind of the length of work is the amount of years we need to do it. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking yeah, fucks yeah. me off so much. It's kind of the percentages of, of what we do. And then you're thinking, well, the one thing that I could probably, all right, I'll, I'll do 40 hours a week to something that I think is worthwhile or, you know, mm. something. Well, people always tell you to try and find something like that. But the truth of it is, you know, there isn't a lot. Let's be honest, yeah. most people aren't going to find a calling or whatever. You just need something to manage to. But uh, so specifically in the modern society that we work with, the sheer amount of fucking, well, there's a book on it, bullshit jobs, jobs yeah. that have just been fucking invented, yeah, yeah, yeah. more or less, that magically fill 40 hours a week. Think how ridiculous that is. I used to remember, <laughs> right, when, when I start started off in work, you know, I had periods where, you know, I just, I didn't have anything to do. You know, I'd, I'd done my work. Yeah. And I was thinking, what's wrong with me? I can't. I, I better <laughs> pretend to work for these last three hours. Yeah. Well, now, of yeah. course, I know, like, well, how is every job going to magically fill 40 hours a week perfectly? It isn't. It's just yeah. absolutely arbitrary. And the just, like, the ridiculousness of that. Am I right in saying that? Is it Henry Ford, the guy who did Ford? Mm. He, I think, came up with a 40-hour work week. Is that right? And that was kind of like revolutionary and like economists at the time were saying, this is going to kill productivity. I think, where, where there was some sort, because before it was like six, seven days a week or whatever. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you're, I'm, if we were sat around in QI 
I, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where the klaxon might go off. Yeah. But my instinct is, is that, yeah, because I'm pretty sure, you know, for example, working on a Saturday was very normal and working kind of longer than eight hours a day was very normal because the fact, you know, we weren't, we weren't a million miles away from serfdom where a lot of people weren't their own people. They were owned as part of land. Yeah. Like they yeah. were, they weren't slaves, but they were effectively property um and you know particularly in america where you had slave i mean you had slaves in the uk as well but you know bigger slave industry in america so yeah yeah, slavery is everywhere now isn't it let's let's be fucking frank but isn't that that, (laughs) if that is true yeah if that is true which proves again how wonderfully researched this pod is (laughs) we're basically we're still working this the same hours as they as Henry Ford did ago. in nineteen uh, yeah nineteen eighteen nineteen twenty whatever, and it's just like accepted. And then I was like, I've got a business. I'm trying my best. Like the employees that I have are on kind of. I'm trying to break the mold. You know, thirty two hours a week that you can work oh, yeah. across the five days, so you can do an eight till five four days and have you know a day off, or you can just do like a. 10 till 4 yeah, yeah. whatever just to try and break it but i'm finding it so difficult still because of the societal expectation to be available for service between yeah, yeah. those hours so you, you you can try and do it as much as you want and i and i am committed to it um and, and there's also this i don't know if you get it but i've been so conditioned somehow to feel guilty like if i am i'm not productive within those hours Mm. so for example if i find myself on a tuesday at three o'clock with having done my work yeah i feel guilty because i'm not like productive in the two hours you know like oh everybody else is working so i should i should be productive so i have no idea where that's come from and i think you know i must have been conditioned then so so well for the country well let's be honest we have haven't we as a country like the poor who do not work or who can't work i should say because they're ill or whatever you know these are bastards don't be one of those or maybe it's like been conditioned there from birth almost that you're just like oh no i've got to make sure i work i've got to make sure i work all the time do you have that feeling or is that like a me no, thing no I, th- I, th- I think i have that feeling too but for me i'm sort of not I'm not really sure where the line divides between sort of general societal pressure and internal psychological torment, because like my my needs. You said uh, that with an absolute. <laughs> your face expression that changes all. <laughs> Just it's, it's facts. <laughs> yeah, bazooka right into my nostril. Like I think that it's it's one of those things where. I grew up with a kind of deep longing for people to love me and for people to care about me. And I knew quite early on that one of the ways that I could get people to love me was by working really hard and by, Uh you know, sort of like, you know, if I got good grades, you know, it's kind of, oh, yeah, well done. You know, it's kind of, oh, this is good. And like it, it hasn't led to me fucking studying at Harvard or fucking, you know, being a NASA scientist or whatever. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm clever, but I'm not, you know, I've, I've not gone out and fucking won the Nobel Prize for anything. But I sort of therefore wonder in my day to day life, do I work as hard as I do because I'm desperately seeking the approval of the world? Or is it because I'm conditioned to a society where we must work long hours and we feel sort of somehow inadequate if we're not working those incredibly long work hours? Yeah. What do you think the answer is? 
Um, I think it's probably a bit of both. I've definitely, I think I've, I'm, I'm not saying I'm free of it, but I've definitely started the process of stripping back that need for other people's approval because I've realized how deeply unhealthy it can be. And I've realized that how much more fulfilling having your own self-esteem is like mm-hmm. it feels really fucking good to like yourself mm-hmm. and to have done a bit of work and to not have to like it has value in and of itself and your relationship with it is valuable enough that you don't immediately need to go and say oh by the way i did this tell me i'm a good boy <laughs> yeah 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 that's interesting when you say that then because that, that i didn't ever thought about that because getting the well done from the big boss man or yeah, woman yeah most likely could be man unfortunately um yeah is kind of that dopamine hit i suppose isn't it so if you're growing oh, no, up massively, in the, you know, yeah massively. and and love society that that's quite interesting really important well, you, to you, th- you think about like you know employee of the month and all these various like reward oh, schemes you know, they every sort of big company for many many years has has invested in sort of developing these reward programs so that people are incentivized to get, do more give more i mean if you look at like the whole capitalist world, it's built on this idea of bonuses and like it's not enough that you kind of just, you know, go to work, do your work, come home. At the top levels in certain jobs, if you perform really, really well, you'll get a performance bonus. And it's it's quite standard. And and that for me is like sort of bizarre because it's like, okay, so we're one we're saying that the ultimate value for your work is money. That's how we recognize the value of your work. It's not in other things like the world being a better place or, you know, touching more people's lives and making more people collectively happier. It's money. That's that's the when it boils down to it. That's exactly what matters. And it's the only thing that matters. And it's like, oh, this is a bit fucked. Isn't it? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Surely the, the society you grew up in and the government at the time has to be when, you, when you're you know, listening to them talk about certain types of people in society, i.e. the unemployed, i.e. immigrants and all this and that, it's going to condition you, isn't it? I'll make sure I'm not going to be one of them, otherwise they'll be talking about me. Yeah. And so in a way, what they're doing is they're trying to brainwash you to make sure that, you know, you will produce for, you know, non-stop, basically, you know, for for your waking hours. But I think that... The big change that's happened now, and one thing that's fucking pissing me off so much is you've heard about the new buzzword, quiet quitting. Have you heard about this? I've I've heard about this, but you may have to sort of define it for me well, because yeah, I'm, not, I'm not 100% it's, about it. It's ridiculous, basically. So quiet quitting is the new buzzword probably is going to be in the Oxford Dictionary. And it's this new phenomena. I like how they call that. <laughs> it's a new phenomena where basically it is people in work now who just do the bare minimum. So they oh, don't okay. go over yeah. and above. They call right. it quiet quitting that, you know, if you need to do 100 plods before yeah, the yeah. end of play, you will do 100 plods, not 101 plods. Yeah. Like, is that some sort of bad thing? <laughs> and instead yeah, yeah, of yeah. just calling it, like, I don't know, acceptable your work. Fulfilling terms. <laughs> yeah, or acceptable work. No, it's quiet quitting. No, you're not yeah. quitting. Yeah. You're fulfilling your contractual fucking obligations. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> what, what I think the argument is I'm having at the moment is, Potentially, when I was, you know, go back 10, 15 years, and certainly a bit further back than that, there was an argument, I think, if you did go above and beyond in your work, Mm. in a lot of places anyway, you probably may well be rewarded. 
You know, yeah. you, you talk about yeah. much more about kind of that uh, performance bonuses, you know, kind of um, motions and stuff. Um, but I think it's gotten to the stage today where it, the employers on capitalism want you to be thankful for just getting a job and expect yeah. you to go over and above yeah. for no reward. And they yeah. seem to be surprised by people just saying, actually, no, I'm not going to like work yeah. 60 yeah. hours a week. Yeah. I'm just going to do the 40 thing. What I is think, this? I think you know, I think what, what's kind of coming is that because there's been such an, like the machine capitalism is eating itself. And as a result, you've got the kind of natural progression of, the Bezoses and the Musks of the world who are sort of, you know, still trying to turn the machine. And you've got people right down at the bottom of the pile going, I'm never going to be a part of that world. I will do exactly what you need me to do for what I've signed for and the money that I need to carry on living. But I'm not going to jump in and, you know, sort of somehow think that I can swim my salmon way up the river to, you know, progenate the future of the world. I'm I'm just not going to be part of that rat race. And I think it's kind of, yeah, it's quite good. What what I, sort good. Of, I what I do kind of wonder is that, like, are these quiet quitters, are they filling their lives with anything more fulfilling? Are they doing anything with that extra time that they might have doing stuff that, you know, either helps them or helps other people in a real and genuine sense. Because that that would be exciting to me if they were like spending more time with their families or getting involved in their local allotment or you know doing shit that's actually going to help change the world. It's, oh, I think I think they know that will be doing something that's better for them, won't they? As well-being, but I I think yeah. even if they're not, I think I think it's progress. No, I think definitely, that, I'd agree with isn't that, isn't it? And and it's just like. I just find it bemusing how, again, the media report on this and call it quiet quitting and and you're getting all these, like, I, I, and I go again to, like, um, you know, oh, we just can't get the staff. Like, we just can't <laughs> get the staff. We can't get the carers. Yeah, you're paying them nine pounds per hour, Yeah, you yeah, know, for yeah, back-breaking yeah. work. Just pay them more. You know, they blame the human beings. It's not worth you, is it? I get the calculator out here now. Nine pound an hour. They don't pay you for your lunch hour sometimes. So they say yeah. you work seven hours a day. Sixty-three pound a day. Yeah, it's crazy. I just filled that? up my van this morning. It was ninety quid to fill up yeah. my van. It doesn't this, make. This does. This does not make sense, does it? It's it's completely mental. PS PS Five games of. Average, well, not average price, but like brand new AAA PS5 games are about seventy quid now. It's uh, fuck off. Are they so, really? Yeah, genuinely. I mean, I oh don't buy God. them. I'll, I'll hasten yeah, to no, like, I haven't, I haven't gamed not, the console you know, in years. Oh, it's it's fantastic. But um, like, I'm I'm not. I'm too tight-fisted to buy something on the first day it comes out <laughs> most of the time. Um, but I mean, Imagine that. So, like, you, you are going to be paid less per day than what a console fucking a game is. A single video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they, yeah, yeah. they probably will print gagillions <laughs> yeah, of that yeah, yeah, CD. Exactly, I know people exactly. worked hard to do the game, of course. Well, do not that. even that. Like, you know, the digital downloads, it's not even once they've made it. There's no actual physical production cost. It's just there. It is there. It's, it's just it's, copy and paste, I mean, yeah, isn't it? It's oh, it's a, we live in a fucking bonkers world. It's um makes me very very depressed. I think it just think, but it causes me to go mental. You see, Dan, because you have all this happening. Yeah. So you've got the arbitrary hours of work that are just seem seemingly fixed there. Yeah. Um, you've got the the pay, the stagnant pay that's not going up ever. Mm. 
yeah, yeah, like yeah. really and certainly not now with inflation and stuff uh and yeah yeah well yeah just those two things really and you're just thinking and you're not getting sorry the rewards and this minimum expectation of you being to do the extra hours and you're always yeah. feeling bad i remember i used to have i used to work in a job that had flexi time which yeah. i would generally come in i I quite early i I'd do an eight till four yeah, and I, like, yeah. I would just be looked down upon because I'd leave at four, you know, even though the last, <laughs> I'm here till half five, and you didn't get it, you know, and it was always yeah. this you're making to be felt bad to fulfill your contractual obligations and stuff. I, think, I always I think kind it's... of push back against it. Um, but, 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 the, but you, you being your age, and you, particularly you being an employer, um, as you know, rather than an employee, yeah. is a, is a real sign of progress because. You know, it might feel like you're pushing up against the societal pressure and you are, you know, the vast majority of companies out there won't be doing that. But if enough people are, you know, saying things like, do we need to always dress formally? No. Do we, you know, can we provide flexi time? Yes. Where possible, can people work from home? Yes. Like there's a whole load of kind of humanity that can come into play. And, and a degree of emotional intelligence about the work environment that I think if if I kind of look at the generations, if you look at kind of our grandparents' generations to our parents' generations to us, I feel like we've gradually become more emotionally intelligent as a mm. as a generation. I feel like we're engaging with issues in a more constructive, creative, compassionate way. In general, um, I think, yeah three c's just knock them out of the park like that I'm very impressed with my, my own linguist, linguistic um, <laughs> lugubriousness <laughs> i love how you couldn't say linguistic, <laughs> say linguistic but could say lugubrious <laughs> well google um, it afterwards but it's <laughs> i'm tempted to google it right now if i'm honest <laughs> a seafood but... dish from florence I think I think it is is what like I was I watch some when I when I don't have anything that I want to watch to entertain myself I'll watch the most random crap on YouTube and I watched an interview with do you remember the SAS guys um, yeah like SAS real hero yeah you know, the reality yeah. TV I really watched it though yeah I've watched you know maybe one or two episodes it's all right um anyway there was one of those guys being interviewed and he was talking he was talking about lots of different things but the bit I'm thinking about is basically talking about how there's an issue with the generations where there's an attitude of poor me you know i'm weak i'm I'm sensitive and all this and i think it's just a massive misunderstanding of humanity what's basically happened over the last hundred years is that capitalism is gradually breaking down and we as a generation are going actually i don't think i'll do that thank you very much (laughs) yeah yeah it is you're right and i think we're also in this middle point mm. where we are more comfortable airing issues yeah but the people listening to them are still a lot of them are still come from a time where that wasn't done and also even after people air about what how they feel or or whatever nobody still doesn't know what to do with them <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. people are more comfortable saying hmm this is shit something <laughs> needs to be done but People really maybe don't know or too scared either people in positions of power to actually do yeah. it. Yeah. But we also no, got to talk about, you know, we talk about the wages not going up. But you know, the hoarding of wealth is horrific. and just the whole e- e- econ- 
economic system of um, you sent me a video didn't you of Bob Burnham who uh, oh, yeah. hit, yeah, hit yeah. it on the neck where yeah one, one, the minute the company's downtime and shareholders is growth 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 and yeah that comes exactly. at all costs doesn't it I remember the Elon Musk thing now with Twitter yeah, so when we're recording this he only took over a few days ago or a week or so ago now and we talked back in I can't remember which episode it was about what makes the stock price go up. I think it might be the first one, actually the very first one, money, wasn't Quite it? Possibly, was kind yeah. of culling the staff. Yeah. Well, hey-ho, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just come in there and, you know, Gone. oh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, so you've got, and then, but giving you a 5% or a 10% wage rise, that would fuck inflation up, not, you know, these companies hoarding the fucking, oh, it's just, so basically, <laughs> <laughs> I want, should we also touch upon the trade unions because oh jesus you can't touch the world of work at the moment without the trade unions you, well, yeah. rmt and the rest of it well what yeah about how they're trying to suppress what they can do you talked about this a little bit well off 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 pod with me and it's north korea stuff yeah. they're trying to take that away from us as well yeah. you know public, public order bill and the bill of rights i mean public order bill is going to go through it in some form um whether it's as draconian as they want it to be it's unclear but the fact that they're seriously tabling it like there's apparently i i'm not sure how you know i've not researched this but i saw um i think it might have been on twitter it might have been on the news there was some preemptive um, in fact i'm pretty sure it was on twitter preemptive arrests made of some of the um like um stop oil type people Okay. Oh um, yes, yes, yeah. I saw it was on BBC and it said preemptive, and I was like, "Fucking, I'm clicking on this." What preemptive yeah. means is I'm arresting you for doing nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's minority report shit. It's uh, wait, wait, it makes me I, wonder I right, to, because hold my phone up. Like, this is on BBC News, everyone, <laughs> everyone, anyone. <laughs> They're arresting people for doing nothing. Anyone? <laughs> what? Anyone no, put down your Victoria sponge. This is more important. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm I'm not a drug dealer, but if Anymore. I was, well, yeah, we all know about the Walter White days. Um, if I was a drug dealer, I would like to think that I was really, really careful about how I communicated with people. Right? Drug dealers are generally really good at, well, not really good. Most of the time, if they don't get caught for long periods, they tend to be at least making efforts to keep their communication quite secret. It makes me wonder, with all of like our encrypted end-to-end services, etc., how are these stop oil protesters and other kind of protesters focusing on direct action methods, how are they communicating that the police are just able to rock around to their house and just go, you're Nick, love? <laughs> yeah. If I text you saying, as a joke, mm. but of course the police would know, um, I'm, I'm going to kill John tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then you forward that on to the police, and I think Dewey's going to kill John. Can yeah, they yeah. arrest me for that? They must be. They well, must, that, they must... I mean, that that would be. I mean, the preemptive arrest. Yeah, but that's a threat to life. Like you've actually made a threat. Uh, yeah, after it, clearly being a joke. Well, no, but like text can be read in different ways, can't oh, it? This is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. I mean, I've, I've we we the criminal law course that I'm studying at the moment is very restricted within certain topics. So, for example, this week I can tell you about fraud, 
Um, the previous week, I could tell you about robbery. I can't tell you about preemptive arrest, unfortunately. I don't think those coppers can either. <laughs> What's that even mean? <laughs> you know, yeah, we're preventing crime, not only reducing crime, but preventing crime. I, I want to everyone. know what evidence they had, basically. I want uh, to know what evidence well, they had because it, it's going to be very light touch, Daniel. But 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 even like even if they had a, a evidence, like they can have fucking plans of serious direct action. If you look at the stop oil stuff, it's all disruptive, yeah, for sure. But would you classify it as like destructive in any way? Are they planting bombs? No, they're not doing anything like that. Like. The worst personal impact it has to anyone is is a you know a traffic jam. What yeah. happens with a normal? I'm going to say jam? something quite controversial, sure. but it, it it isn't controversial. But people going on strike has much more of an effect oh, on society. Yeah, no, massively, massively. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. way that they're treated, these just stop oil people. It's just like, <laughs> it, listen, we know like probably spray painting places. You know, they could. I, I I actually don't mind booking the roads and stuff because it, it like actually shows yeah the you know move, moving cars and stuff but yeah probably the spray paint is not a good idea but I I I, I do I I'm, get I'm, it I I I am really I'm caught because there's yeah. a big part of me that is just like fuck them fuck them all yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah there's there's a there's a sort of childish part of me that sees someone with a fucking like extinguisher filled with paint spraying it on the side of an expensive car dealership and a little bit of me jumps with joy (laughs) (laughs) yeah there is that there's that that's all the clips that go in i suppose at at the same time i kind of i do i do sort of think okay so what is what is the most effective way or you know are are they achieving their objectives and i think for me if you compare like previous xr protests to the current stop oil protests I feel like these stop oil protesters have got more coverage and that can only be a good thing. Yeah, they know that maybe that's why they justify it. Well, if we spray paint this place yeah. uh, orange, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, we I think, digress, this is not really about work. Yeah, sorry, we've got, we've gone massively <laughs> off topic. Um, <laughs> deep apologies if you saw the episode work and got all excited about, oh, they're going to talk about work. Actually, we're going to talk about crime, protest, all well, the rest yeah. of this stuff. But it is all linked, isn't it? We say this all the time. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all, it's 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 inevitably, you know, you, you open up a big map of the world and you visit, you know, Kitman coup and then you travel over and there's Sagagnes right there next to it. So it's yeah, like, oh, what are you going to do? Some of it. Yeah. I think that massive bothers me. Obviously, there's this kind of billionaire bumming that goes on. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, Bezos, all mask and all this. Yeah. You're watching a few channels on YouTube. Um, fucking hell, they're painful. Like, they're motivational stuff. Jesus like, Christ. what Jeff Bezos did to win his <laughs> yeah, first yeah, yeah. billion. How yeah, to, yeah. you know, and you listen to it and it's just like, it basically it tries to like say get up off your ass you can do it as well which yeah it's like national lottery putting out an advert that says you know you 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 just 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 buy a ticket and you'll you're gonna win yeah yeah i mean it's almost it's almost like you know if we went if we went to these backwaters if we went to the third world if we rocked up in you know kenya nigeria drc the rest of it and we just sat them down and we we got the ipad out and we allowed them to watch this video 
they, they, you know, we'd fucking solve the third world poverty crisis yeah, immediately. Yeah. They just have the motivation. They but, would sort, they would pull, they would put their socks on because obviously they don't have socks at the moment. They'd put their socks <laughs> on and they'd pull them up. They'd pull themselves up by their bootstraps and they'd be fine. It'd be fucking great. <laughs> the funny thing is with capitalism, they'd probably like take take out credit on their behalf of the iPad and they have to pay back like five a week until they fucking die <laughs> to pay back for that. But you're right, and it's so insidious. Number one, there's going to be, you know, thousands of people who did exactly the same as Bezos and lost everything. You know, yeah. you know how much luck, yeah. placement, nepotism, you yeah. know, seed funding all has an effect on it. And also, it makes you think like you're doing something wrong they just like take excerpts of the different speeches that he did. You're thinking, oh, if you just do this, and it's cold reading, you know, don't let these people. You have that focus. You own your destiny. What does that even fucking mean? <laughs> do you, do you feel do you feel a pressure as a businessman to adopt that kind of mentality? I I feel this weird expectation of growth all the time. Right. Okay which I'm having to battle against because the whole reason I started self-employment was to try and get away from, yeah, yeah. from that. Pressures. Yeah. I, I, you know, you know, growing to a certain amount, I've always said like, I'm not like trying to grow this thing to anything, having a few of us working fine, uh, but no more than that. Uh, but there is this like, okay, yeah, you, the business is still going after a year, two years, you know, what, 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 what are you doing next? Is you moving here? Are you getting an office there? Are you going to, you know, merely existing, yeah. And, and just like turning over is like hmm, okay then like you're being weird so this <laughs> it's is like a revolutionary this... act yeah yeah to just be happy as you I are mean, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where like i think whether whether you're consciously making doing it as a result of the climate crisis or not the culture of work that you've created is a symptom of the direction that we need to travel you know, like we've we've got this kind of growth, growth, growth attitude from Number Ten and from Keir Starmer and the rest of it, but actually that's going to be the thing that kills us. Like that right. will be the thing that accelerates our point where the planet is unlivable. Like they've have you seen have you seen the um, Antonio Guterres and uh, the UN um, guys spe- speech in um, COP27 today, basically saying that we're fucked. Like he's literally just saying that, and it's like, oh great, okay, so. The guy who's in charge of the fucking UN, hardly like some kind of hard left coalition. The yeah. UN, like one of the most mainstream organizations that exists, and he's admitting that we're fucked. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, so maybe we're fucked. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. Oh, but I mean, yeah, I think the whole coming back to the unions. I think it's. We need to clone McLynch because he is yeah, yeah. he is the solution to the world's problems. Like the I would love to have the degree of confidence and the degree of sort of off the cuff kind of ability to respond to questions that he has. Like I don't maybe he's just fucking died in the wall and been campaigning for so long that he's developed it. Or maybe he's gone to some kind of weird kind of spiritual dojo but like he just seems to be amazing at it it's like i've seen clips of him on youtube and it's like jesus christ this guy knows his shit <laughs> yeah well he's done an interview on if you go on uh you don't listen to full disclosure podcast with you do you with james is this Bryan. the alice 
Oh, oh no, I've not I've not heard it. Is he has no. he got an interview on there? Is he? Yeah, it's quite good where he goes to talk about you know like where he grew up and how he is, and he he always said that he was always lucky that he was articulate. He didn't put it down as being like something he's learned or, or, or worked upon. He'd always been quite articulate in his way. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, the way he kind of like remains calm and basically destroys whatever anyone says and just this challenges them back in a respectful manner, whilst also actually putting across there's a little bit of like irritability in a good way. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's right it's it's vote it's vote winning, and it's kind of it's frustrating in a way that we've got the Labour Party we we have because if he was in sort of say Corbyn's position, and you know we we didn't have the problems in the Labour Party that we do at the moment, you know the kind of the gutting of the left that they've performed in order to try and kind of win the next election, you'd have another fucking massive Corbyn situation on your hands you remember you remember yeah. the days when like you know it was massive fucking crowds for corbyn speeches and there was a massive campaign to like you know get him into get him into that seat and then the media came along and shat all over him yeah but like if if mick lynch came along and did that you know tried to campaign for the labor leadership it would it'd be fucking mental <laughs> yeah it would be wouldn't it i think he was asked that i don't think he he wants to Infancy. to do it no i don't think so it's a different ball game then isn't it yeah I guess, I guess. I don't really see, I don't know of anyone in the current Labour Party who's sufficiently popular and sufficiently left-wing that they could actually bring national politics away from the hard right that it's gone to. Yeah. Like, you know, I I think Starmer for me is like a slightly better version of Sunak. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, a Blair thing happening all over again, isn't it? There's a lot of overlaps. Uh, yeah. But worse than worse than Blair, because like there's definitely the same sort of populism and the same kind of I don't know excitement that Blair had. But then you look at like the stuff that he's come out with. Have you have you seen Starmer's comments on immigration recently? No. He's come out and basically said that you know freedom of movement has gone. You know we need to get over that, and we need a points based system, and we just need to we need to control immigration, and like. It's just playing into their hands because if you look at all the statistics around the amount of re- number of refugees that you know we're bringing in versus every other country, they're fucking tiny. It's like the whole there's low. I feel like there's thousands of people going. We do not have a refugee crisis. Oh, did you see the speech? And um, there was a there was a question asked by the minister for climate change um, in the Senate. Did you see that? No. So Julie, I think her name's Julia something. She's a Welsh Labour um, politician, um, MS um, for Senedd, and like basically gave a really compassionate. Just said, "Oh, I disagree um, with what with what's you know being done in Westminster. It's not the approach that we take in Wales. You know, we, we believe that people should be welcome. We, you know, we need people here to work. We need to build their economy if they're willing to come here. At, you know." absorb into our culture and learn our language they are more than welcome i have personal experience of you know my family have been refugees and i was just like oh it was like a fucking luke skywalker moment yeah 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 <laughs> it's like i don't i don't know i mean i don't know what's going through george lucas's mind but i sort of feel so often when you look at global politics you look at the baddies and you look at how they can be compared to Star Wars villains, 
and you're like, surely they must know they're the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, you think, wouldn't you? Probably it's, not, though. They've got, you know, if. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm I'm a lot angrier than I was when I started. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's probably what it is. Is like you know you always ask me, "Oh, how are you?" And there's a whole load of suppressed rage. Well, this 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 is just, just letting it all out. I just press the buttons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole thing about immigrants is they take your job, but we need them because there's apparently there's a shortage. Well, the, you're not going to solve the short so. You're not going to solve the shortage by paying those people a decent wage. Then you're going to have to get the Romanians into the, the only yeah. ones will work for that amount of money. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. A fucking when... side, you know. <laughs> that's as easy as that. Yeah. Pay them yeah, properly, yeah. or get them in uh, and, and work. Oh, fucking, yeah. fucking. No, I don't feel any I mean, better on this one. You look at you look at kind of what's happened in. I mean, you must. Have you have you noticed it get I mean it probably hasn't got substantially worse in the last year, but up in, you know, sort of certain spots in North Wales there's a real gutting of communities where effectively you've got like a tourism trap and there's very little actual community there. And you've got people you know, anyone young is sort of trying to get out and trying to live elsewhere. Yeah. And you've got businesses that shut down because they just can't bring in the employees. Is that is that you know, I mean that was an issue back when i was living up in bangor like is that is that have you noticed that around anglesey around the coast up and down da55 yeah definitely yeah definitely um there's no you all you need to do is go on indeed and not put in a job and just put anglesey down and just look at the wages you know that's it yeah you can't you can't like research better than that sort of like all jobs available like a high paying job is like 25 grand a year uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and of course the cost of living is lower. Um, and then, of course, yeah, we've got the issue with being second homes, so they all just like go up and up and up, and it's just a bit of a playground. This place now. Yeah. Um, but I am finding that the policies they've just brought bought out, I think, with regards to second homes, uh, you know, closing the loopholes on tax. Is it hitting it? Like that. I think so. Yeah, because obviously with the work that we do with you know needing these certificates to sell homes. The percentage of instructions I'm getting from properties that were Airbnbs is very, it's it's a lot. And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's not worth it now and they're selling. So it seems to be working. Uh, So wait a second, wait a second. You're getting ex-Airbnb owners coming to you to do their energy assessment rating. Yeah. In order for them to then be able to flog it on the market, which will ultimately bring the price down. Well, yeah, well... What what it does is it it increases the availability, yeah, yeah. First of which, all, of property, which will eventually, hopefully, if economics properly works, brings down the yeah. prices. Yeah. Oh, oh, you could almost kiss him, couldn't you, little Marky boy down in Cardiff? <laughs> yeah. Well, th- no, not either, really, because the problem has been. Was it, for, wasn't it him? Wasn't it him? Well, yeah, for this policy, but I think the prop the problem has been here for years and years and years every kind of jobs that we're able have never been replaced yeah. you know and they're pinning yeah. their hopes now on this nuclear power station that's supposed to be coming here and you, you know we've got to get the jobs yet yeah, the reason you're saying that is they haven't done anything to bring any jobs for the last 20 years yeah. and they're just making you take nuclear yeah. you know come on yeah. now well daniel it's uh my topic your final thought this week mate hit me with your venom stick <laughs> no, I certainly will whack. Um I think for me, 
I feel broadly quite positive about the world of work because Jesus. Well, I've I've seen enough signs that in the same way that people are not accepting the status quo or increasing numbers of people are certainly questioning the status quo, we've got a movement of people going, actually we don't need to do things the same way that we used to. Okay. Um you know, even if it comes down to like personal stuff where I'm looking at sort of how I want to be employed in the future and who I want to be employed by. And one of the big factors is, you know, that world of work. Like what how am I valued? What is the kind of how what system do I fit into? And I think that that isn't just a kind of bourgeois luxury. That's not something that, you know, we're only the very richest are able to now make kind of creative choices about. It also comes down to, well, it will come down to the crunch time in society. So when the economy completely crashes, are people going to choose to keep on feeding themselves into the capitalist machine or are they going to choose revolution? And for me, probably loads of people will actually at that point choose revolution and will bring down the government because they'll realise that for too long the world of work has been the engine at the core of the the capitalist like oligarch fed machinery is just rumbling on and on and killing more and more of the planet and killing more and more of the people's spirit um and i feel like we're kind of beginning to watch and listen to the early signs of bits of the machine falling off and people making creative choices um about the future and i think i find that quietly quite exciting so you think the quiet quitting movement is the beginning of workers waking up to the failure of capitalism yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's what it that's the feeling that's very nice positive thank you for that dan yeah 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 <laughs> you do have to be christ on a bike two two bits of two bits of optimism before we go um we should we should introduce this as a as a regular feature i think it's optimism drops of optimism um there is talks very recently of brazil indonesia and the democratic republic of congo joining together as a sort of opec for the rainforests because collectively they have over 50 percent of the world's rainforests and if they band together and create international agreements about how they maintain their natural resources, massively changes everyone else's relationship with them. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they can just stick a massive middle finger up to the rest of the world trying to buy it out of them and say, no, actually, go fuck yourselves. This is really important. And like, if you, I, I don't know the numbers, but Bolsonaro had by far and away um destroyed the rainforest far more than any other country yeah. last year um and lula just in the last few days of him since his election has just gone right guys stop this this is fucking mental and it's just like ah oh, ah oh, this is a good thing yeah, it is possible yeah it's true yeah. good good and, dash of optimism and the other bit that i wanted to mention is there's a place called the roding river in northeast okay. london like on the outskirts of northeast london and about five years ago it was loads of rubbish there was sewage it was just an absolute shit show and one guy like literally just one man who owned a canal boat 
found this bit of river. He was having to move on because there was some problem with the local authority. Like he basically had to kind of move his boat up the river and found this spot. And he thought, well, this is a bit shit. Can I make it better? And he set up a trust and has put loads of fucking man hours and got a whole like load of part of the community there involved to like clear this bit of the river, you know, make it better. And now it's quite pretty. And it's like power again. Oh, it's fucking mental. Like he's he's a I've met him, he's a barrister. Um and it's like that that is a that's exactly the kind of you know, you, it's so easy to sort of just think, oh god, we're fucked. And yes, we are fucked. <laughs> but but while you kind of hurtle, you know, at These a very slow speed. These life jackets. <laughs> well, no, exactly, exactly. It's like, you know that you're headed for the lava-filled volcano or for the rotating blades of the death machine. But at the same time, <laughs> you can cover your eyes with the comforting, like, comforting gauze of the, of you know, these kind of things of just thinking, oh, no, everything will be okay. And then you'll die, but at least you won't realise it. <laughs> done we'll end there thanks very much for this week <laughs> <laughs> thanks Larry take care <laughs>